to Beth Stevens as she comes back. Let her know how much you appreciate her and the word of God that she preached. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord that praise. Hallelujah. He is great. Isn't he great today? Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We bless your name, Lord. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our highest praise. We worship you, Lord. There is none like you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Why don't you turn around to two or three people today and say it's his amazing grace. That's why I'm here. Amen. His amazing grace. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank y'all. Praise the Lord. Amen. I just want to say before they leave the platform completely, every once in a while you get to be a part of a worship team like this that you wish you could buy a bus and everybody go on the road together. <laughs> and what a blessing you all are. I appreciate you and appreciate their heart for the Lord, their genuineness. Amen. Thank the Lord for them. What a blessing it is to be back here on Sunday night and uh, get to be a part of um, what's happening here. I love Sunday nights. Uh, years and years ago, Sunday nights was many times was the biggest service and the most exuberant. I remember people, if they were going to miss a service, it wouldn't be Sunday night. Things have kind of taken a little shift there. And a lot of places I go, you know, we don't even have, many of them don't even have Sunday night services anymore. And when I walked in and I saw all of you here, I said, wow, this is phenomenal. And uh, so I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you've come back. I told, um, I told Miss Jenny, I said, there's nothing worse for an evangelist to preach on Sunday morning and then come back Sunday night and nobody show up. <laughs> so thank you for coming, even if you just had to. Uh, be coerced. I'm glad you're here. Uh, what a blessing it was to be with you for your women's conference and, and then this morning and uh, just to see what the Lord has been doing in these altars. And uh, honestly, just to be honest with you, um, it's just been so refreshing uh, to be here with your uh, pastor and, and your first lady and, and the people on your staff. It's been encouraging. There's a lot of pe places that I go that you kind of feel like you have to, I don't know, it sounds a little southern, and I, there's a better way to say it, but the first thing that comes to my mind is you feel like you kind of have to put on the dog. You know what I mean? You feel like you kind of have to put on airs a little bit and, and be something that they expect you to be. Uh, but I'm so thankful that I don't feel like that at all here. I feel so comfortable and at ease, and I thank the Lord for that. Amen. I'm, I'm grateful for you all. And, and uh, you allowing me to be here. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter 16 is where I'd like for us to look today. Acts chapter 16. We're going to begin in verse 23. While you're turning there, I, uh, I want to say real quickly, um, Kurt, my husband, sends his love. And uh, he is as disappointed as I am that he wasn't able to be here due to his mother's uh, health um, deteriorating. And uh, we just appreciate your prayers. And we're believing the Lord just to uh, touch her body. We don't know if it's her time to uh, go to heaven or if it's her time to be raised up in, in a miracle. But we, we'll just receive whatever the Lord has for her. And so we just ask you to pray for our family, if you would. Her name is Marie. And we would be very grateful for you to help us pray along those lines. We uh, certainly uh, believe in miracles, and we preach it, we teach it, we know it, we see it. Amen. We're thankful for that. And so we, uh, we just want the Lord's will in her life, whatever that might be at this point. And so we thank the Lord for His sovereignty. Amen. That He is sovereign. I want to say real quickly, I didn't mention it this morning, but I want to say it quick, and I think I can do it if the Lord will help me. Uh, my product table out there, you all have been stopping by. I thank you for that. Um, I can tell you a lot of details about it. We use that money, a lot of the, not all of it, but we use a lot of that money to uh, really go into areas where there's a need, whether it is a um, leper colony in Africa or whether it is somebody in Kentucky that needs a vehicle or, or whatever it might be. It's, um, we have... 
uh, sewed into colleges. There's a wonderful college that we're a part of, we love dearly, that is raising up ministers. Um, and I, I believe in it. Holmes Bible College, you may not have ever heard of it. It's a small college in South Carolina, powerful. Uh, we like to uh, help support that because we believe in that. Ministers coming out and preaching the gospel and having such a um, a really a powerful message to give. We need we need new we need pastors, don't we? I mean, we need we need evangelists, don't we? Amen. So, but anyway, that's what a lot of those finances go towards. So, even though you may be buying a shirt um, or you may be buying a CD, I just want you to know that it's going much further than that. And I just appreciate you. Uh, Miss Jenny asked me. She said, "What's your favorite CD out there?" And it's kind of hard for me to say. I'm a little bit critical of myself. I guess maybe that's normal. So it's hard for me to even do a CD, um, truthfully. But I'll just tell you, my husband's favorite. How is that? His favorite CD out there is Get Off My Boat. It is probably one of my favorite sermons. It's a strong message. So if you don't like a strong sermon, don't get that one. Uh, but it is about Jonah. And it's about Jonah getting on the boat with those guys on the way to Tarshish. And because Jonah was on that boat where he should not have been, running from the Lord, you remember a great storm came up, and they just about every one of them died in that storm. I'm just paraphrasing it. And finally, Jonah said, you've got to get me off of this boat. And that's what it's about, is kicking the Jonas off of your boat, amen, that have no business being there. You're wondering why some storms have blown up into your life. It may be that you need to pull Jonah up by the nap of the neck, amen, and say, get off my boat, amen. So anyway, that's kind of a strong message, and you can get the gist of it. There's one out there called The Great Exchange. It's one of my, one of my favorites that the Lord first gave me when I started preaching, and uh, it comes from Isaiah, where he said, there'll be beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We may talk about that a little bit tonight. There's one on prayer and it's probably probably the most requested sermon, uh, the one on prayer, that one, and get off my boat. And so there's a number of them out there. If you read on the back, there's a little blurb. It can tell you all about it. Let me tell you one more thing uh, before I forget. Um, the shirt, some of you have asked. Evidently, we didn't, we didn't bring enough. And uh, that's a blessing. And so if you are wanting a shirt and we don't have your size, I talked to Miss Melody, and she told me, uh, that she would be willing to do this. If you want to go out and just give them, uh, give them your information, um, your name, your, your phone number, whatever, the information. And just if you want to go ahead and pay it, what I'll do is I'll just send a pack, a package to Miss Melody. And she'll give you the shirt uh, that you've ordered. And I just, I appreciate you doing that. That means a lot to me that you would like it. Um, I think there's some more of the purple ones. That's a V-neck purple. And uh, sorry, guys, if you wear it, you know, that's going to kind of creep us out. But for any of you ladies, <laughs> my husband said, I'm going to get a camo shirt to put out there. I said, go for it. We'll, we'll sell it. Amen. That'd be awesome for you guys. But um, anyway, the purple ones I love, too. They're just soft. You'll, you'll like them. Just check it out. But I just wanted to take a minute to do that. Um, there's several series out there. And... Um, Lord, help me not, I don't want to take up time with this, but let me just tell you real quickly, there's a series out there, and it's called When the Fire Fell. Now, I've not advertised this in so long, but I want to tell you what happened. Uh, we named it that because years ago, and these, they're older CDs, just honestly, um, but years ago, when I was um, evangelizing, I guess it was, in the, it was in the late 90s, and I was evangelizing, and just a young girl, really, I mean, I had to be, what, 12, no, I'm just teasing <laughs> in my dreams, but anyway, I was uh, in the late 90s, and, and I was, I felt like I was very young, I, I really feel like I was young now at that point, but single young lady, I, I just had, um, I just had no idea what the Lord was going to do, and the Lord began to um, wake me up with dreams, I'm not uh, much of a dreamer unless I've, unless I've eaten at Taco Bell that evening, you know, and then I may dream, but I was awake. The Lord has given me several dreams. I didn't know exactly what was going on. And, um, and, and it was amazing. About a month after the dreams were coming, um, the Lord birthed a revival in Athens, Georgia, where I eventually went on staff. And um, I'm telling you, 
and I mean this respectfully to the Lord, I guess the Lord allowed me to be a part of that because I was just ignorant enough to do what the Lord told me to do. You know what I mean? I think I was young enough. I think I was just whatever God said, and I pray that I'm still like that. But you know, you get older and you see a lot more and you start... Well, but no, at that point, I was just, whatever you want, you know, I'll, I'll do it. You know, even if I look a little foolish, I was willing to take the risk. And Lord, help me to always be that way. But we had a phenomenal revival there in Athens. And um, I could tell you how long it lasted and all those things. But that's not really necessary. What is necessary is that we saw so many people saved and delivered. We saw witches walking off the street and warlocks and come in with all their garb on. And the Lord just miraculously saved them right before our eyes. We saw it. I'm telling you, I had never faced anything like that. I'd never seen anything like that. We saw them come in so high on drugs. And I watched one boy in particular. I'll never forget him. His name is Jason. And I remember Jason came in there. His eyes were bloodshot. He was so high. And the Lord saved him that night. And it was amazing to see him get up off that floor a different man. And even to this day, as far as I know, I saw him a number of years later. He was still serving the Lord. And uh, we saw healings and breakthroughs. I just, yes, to God be the glory. Let me make that clear. To God be the glory. God did it. And so what we did, it was at the time that everybody had cassette tapes. How weird is that? I mean, you know, some of y'all don't even know what those are. <laughs> kind of like an 8-track for some of y'all that are older than me. But anyway, I, um, I um, took the cassettes and we put them over onto a CD. And now, you know, CDs are almost obsolete. But we moved them over to a CD. So even the quality, you could kind of hear that, that cassette tape quality. Uh, but I was going to get rid of that series. I thought, that is so old. Let's just get rid of that. And I'm telling you, I, I decided one day, I thought, I'm going to listen. And I never listen to myself. It makes me really uncomfortable. I put that thing on. I thought, Lord, have mercy. I'm about to tear this house up. I was uh, The power of God fell. I said, I can't put these up. And so we've just, we've just kept them. And so there's a, a several series out there. Check them out. Uh, maybe some of them will speak to your heart. One's on Ruth. It's called Moving On. It's called when Ruth left Moab, she looked around. She said, I'm out of here. Amen. She said, because where Naomi goes, I will go. I'm going to Bethlehem, Judah. Where she lodges, I'm going to lodge. Her people will be my people, and my God will be my God. God's calling some of you to leave Moab. Amen. Anyway, it's powerful. I've got to stop. I'll preach every one of those. Woo. Acts 16. Amen. Let's go right on to the word of the Lord. Acts 16, and let's begin there in verse 23. Familiar scripture, but so very powerful. And tonight I really felt in my heart that this is what the Lord would have me to share with you. Amen. It says in verse 23, And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword... And would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said to them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Amen. Isn't that powerful? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of that night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all of his, straightway. Amen. Let's stop right there. I could read on, but let's stop there. and Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you're comfortable again tonight, would you slip your hands to heaven? 
And let's just call on the name of the Lord together. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house with your people. I thank you, Lord, for your word that is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, that it is alive and it is moving. And, Lord, I thank you that this word, it sets us free, it changes us, and we receive it wholeheartedly today. And, Lord, I pray that you would anoint me fresh, that I would just speak exactly what you would have me to say, nothing more and nothing less. Your will be done in the remaining part of this service tonight. And we give you the praise and the glory and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout out amen. Amen. Praise the Lord one more time before you sit down. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's look at what the Word is teaching us in this familiar scripture. There's something that um, I kind of want to make clear right from the beginning, but I believe I can do it with the scripture. And it says there in verse 23, I I just want to make it really clear to you what's going on there. It said, And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer, To keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Now let's stop there for a moment and just talk about this this part of the text. It's very important that we understand. A lot of times we will take the scripture and we will preach about uh, praising the Lord and the, the power that's in our praise. And certainly I completely concur. I agree. It, uh, there is power in our praise. And really, uh, that's really what this message is about. But, but you have to see from really the viewpoint of Paul and Silas at this, at this time. A lot of times we think about praising the Lord in the sanctuary. And, and the Word teaches us certainly to do that. To lift up our hands. Amen. All your people. The Bible says shout to God with a voice of triumph. The Word teaches us how to worship Him and how to praise the Lord. But a lot of times we, uh, whether we really acknowledge that this is what we're thinking or not. Or whether or not we ever even realize it. A lot of times we think well that's what we do. You know when we're in the church and the music is playing and everything's uh, moving right along, then, then it is time to praise the Lord. If I have a good CD playing or good music on my on my phone playing and, and then I can just praise the Lord and how exciting that is and you'll find there's few people that enjoy music as much as I do. I love it and I love worshiping the Lord. I, I'm just honest. I grew up um, I had a very a wonderful opportunity when I was just 15 years old. My very first job was in a Christian bookstore. I know you probably say, well, you are sheltered. It's true. When I married my husband and, and we'd go into a store, he'd say, oh, do you recognize that song? I said, I really don't. I have no idea what that song is. I said, everything I know just about is Christian music. I love it. I always have it. And so I think about it a lot of times. People go, well, um, it's you know, we've got the music playing. We've got the songs going. And isn't this wonderful? Let's just praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and praise the Lord, you know. And that's wonderful. And we certainly should. But let's just be honest with ourselves. That should be a give. That should not really have to be anything that, that we have to really push or preach or certainly not a prod or cheerlead anybody to have to do in the house of the Lord. It should be very natural for us as, as we look at the cross and Him crucified and, and the fact that He saved many of us around this altar and He delivered us. That should be a pretty easy give, shouldn't it? But but this text that I've read really has little to do with what's happening in the good times of our life. Matter of fact, that's why I wanted to read those first two verses. I think it's 23 and 24 again. So I could show you where Paul and Silas was when the praise began to leave their lips and and began to come from their very being to the Lord. It was in the darkest place of their life. I want you to make a note of that. As wonderful as as the worship has been, and I'm telling you, it has been wonderful. If you don't know, you need to try a different church periodically and find out just what you have. It's amazing. 
And so thank the Lord for what is happening here. But I can tell you, nobody was on the keyboard that night. There was not a drummer. Uh, believe it or not, they didn't even have a guitar player there. We are talking about the prison cell, but not only a prison cell. Give me just a few minutes just to make it loud and clear visually to us. And it says again, they laid many stripes upon them. In other words, they were beaten brutally. Their backs were torn apart. I don't know how they may have, may have looked, but I'm sure that they were bloodied up. I'm sure that their skin was ripped off. I'm sure that they were oozing and, and pain was searing down their bodies. Keep that in mind. They said, the Bible says they laid many stripes on them. And then the word, it's a very strong word. It said they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. So when you look at that word cast, it's nothing like what we would imagine uh, possibly today where maybe they carry you in, they take you in, but when I look at that word cast, there's a, uh, there's a force behind it. It said they cast them into prison. Here they are ripped into shreds. They're, they're hurting. They're bruised up. They've been beaten horribly. And now they are being cast into prison. So think about what it must have been like for them. And then notice when the jailer got the charge to keep them safe, don't let anything happen to them, make a note of this. And when he got it, the Bible says, Here's another strong word. He got a hold to them and he thrust them into the inner prison. So look at that. They were cast into prison. He got them up and then he thrust them into the inner prison. Now, when I look at the inner prison, um, I'm just, I don't, I'm not an expert, but I can just tell you that the inner prison was a place that they had no fresh air, no windows to the outside, no doors to the outside, nothing like that. It was cold, it was dark, it was damp, it was probably. Pardon me for being extremely blunt here. I'm sure it was filthy. No doubt it smelled terribly. I'm sure that no one, I'm sure they didn't have uh, custodians that would come in and clean the, the cells after the last prisoner left. I, I'm sure it's not like my mother's generation. I'm sure nobody had a bottle of Clorox going in. That, that's what she does. And, and that's what she taught us to use. So, so there wasn't that strong smell of Clorox that they'd got it ready for him to come in. It was nasty. It was horrible. I'm sure there were probably rodents and, and no doubt there were probably all types of bugs and insects. All kinds of things in that inner prison. Dark and damp. How painful they must have the, the pain they must have been in. Think about it again. They're beaten so terribly and here they are. They've been cast into prison. Now they've been thrust into the inner prison. So the reason I take a lot of time there is because I want us to understand about praising the Lord. Anybody can really praise Him in a sanctuary like this with the music like you have and the comfortable seating and lighting and the temperature that we have and thank the Lord. We should praise Him right here. We should do that. Amen. But we're talking about something completely and totally different here in Acts 16 and maybe you can say Beth I feel like that I have been in one of the hardest places of my life Maybe you're here today and you say, Beth, I relate to Paul and Silas. I might not have ever been in a quote-unquote literal inner prison, but in my life, in my family, in my marriage, in my situation, it couldn't be any darker than what it is today. We're going to a hard place. We're going to a hard time. We're facing something we've never faced before. We're dealing with a business that, that we feel like is about to go upside down. What are we going to do we're facing foreclosure on our house well good news you're at the right place at the right time and the Lord has a word for you amen I believe that the Lord has a word for you and it is right here from this chapter 16 and so let's keep going down these verses and I want us to see what happens next and verse 25 says and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God 
and the prisoners heard them. So we've already got them in the inner prison. We've already got them beaten horribly. Now we've got them at a place called midnight. And at midnight. How many times in the word of the Lord does it use the word midnight? It means the darkest place. It means the longest hours. It means that you look at the clock and you think, will we ever see the light of day again? Will we be here forever? Will this situation ever change? I don't know if you've ever been in that situation or not before, but I'm pretty sure most of you have. I'll never forget this. It comes to my mind, so I'll share it with you real quickly. In, in, uh, back in, um, let me think of what year it was, 2011, I had heart surgery, and I remember laying in intensive care. I was laying in that bed, and I was not able to uh, move, and uh, they had tubes everywhere. You know how that looks. And, and I remember looking up at the clock, and they said, your family's going to leave right now, and they will not be able to be back here until it was about 9 o'clock in the evening. They said they will not be able to come back until the earliest will be 5 a.m. And I remember that entire night. I couldn't really talk, but I remember I'd open my eyes up and I'd look at that clock and I'd count down. I'd think, man, I've got five more hours. I've got four more hours. I've got four hours and three hours and 30 minutes. I've got two hours and 25 minutes. You know how you do. And you look and you think, will we ever get to the light of day? I remember that night thinking, will 5 a.m. ever get here? Am I going to Am I going to die here? Am I going to be here forever? Am I going to be alone here forever? What in the world? When is something going to change? And Maybe today that's what you've asked yourself that question. When is something going to change in my life? When is the promise going to come to fruition in my life? When is the turnaround going to happen for me? And so I love what happens here. And I have to be careful because I love to preach on prayer. But I don't want to focus on prayer tonight. And I want to go back to what it says exactly. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. That is so very powerful right there. Because, just in case, y'all wonder if I am a true preacher. I just want you to know. If you were sitting on the front row, it might be dangerous. Amen. Forgive me. I may be a female preacher, but I must preach like a man because I, I keep going, oh, my goodness, help me, Lord. So be glad you're not here. We'd have to use some of those umbrellas y'all had. But let me go. Sorry. My mind diverted. Let me go back to the Word. So when I looked there and they began to sing praises, it's amazing to me. Because when you look at their condition, you think automatically, how in the world could they do it? Now, the Bible says that their feet were fast in stocks. I've heard two different things. I've heard that possibly because their feet were in stocks, that their hands and feet were together in stocks. How painful would that be? But then I read another uh, commentary that said uh, their feet were in stocks. They were bound up in chains. But, but that many times in that day, now get a, get a hold of this. This is, this is amazing. It's, it's unbelievable, really. They said they would put a spear behind the prisoner. And that way the prisoner could not lean back. He could not get comfortable. There was nothing he could do because if he leaned back, the spear would go straight through his body. So he is in one of the most uncomfortable positions you can even imagine. Now, I don't know how it happened. My daddy's name was Silas, and he loved to sing. So I like to think that it was Silas that started. I don't know for sure, but I can just imagine how horrible it was. And Silas called out. He said, Paul, maybe they were in the same sail. Maybe they were side by side. I don't know. But I can see him in the darkness of that midnight. In the, in the horrible situation they were in. I could hear him say, Paul, you know, I'm just feeling something kind of stirring around on the inside. Hallelujah. I'm just feeling something. You know, I know it sounds a little bit weird, but I, I have a praise in my heart. He said, what do you think about maybe us singing a little song? I can hear Paul as he said, Silas, why don't you go right ahead? You start it off, and I'll jump right in. You start singing it. And he said, can, can I, I'm going to try to pat my leg just a little bit, see if I can get a beat. And there's an old song that always comes to my mind, and it's really old. You'll all know it. It says, what a mighty God. We serve 
I don't know if that's what he's saying or not. I don't think it might have been. But just in case, I can see him saying, What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. And I keep bending over like this because I can see Paul and Silas so bent down on the floor in pain, bleeding, their backs oozing. I can imagine nobody give them Tylenol. Nobody cleaned them up and took care of them. Nobody cared. He said, Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. I can just imagine. He said, I'll tell you what, Silas, that sounds good. Sing it again. I feel something happening. Amen. I, I can see old Silas go, Woo, sing it with me. What a mighty God. Can't you see it? <laughs> sing it with me, Silas. Sing it with me, Paul. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Now, he might have been bent over and sitting in the floor and, and bruised up and bloodied up. But I believe on the inside, his hands were raised up. I can just imagine Silas and Paul oh, in their spirit men. They were worshiping, holding their hands up to heaven, glorifying angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. You know, what a mighty God. We serve, and I can imagine what's happening in heaven. I can't say for sure how it all happened, but I heard one man say it like this, and I like it. He said, I believe when they began to sing praises unto the Lord, that the Lord stood up. And he said, I hear my boys, amen, singing praises to me. And all of a sudden, he said, I can see God as he begins to tap his toe. Hallelujah. He begins to tap his foot. And there was a shaking all the way from heaven. And it came all the way down to a prison cell where there was two men that had been preaching the gospel in that prison cell. And before, woo, and before you know it, all of a sudden, that shaking came all the way down to that jail. The place began to shake under the power of God. And the Bible says that the prison doors opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Everybody. Woo! It's hard not to get excited about it, isn't it? Now, if you think this is just a, you know, Walt Disney book and you don't get much out of it and all of this is just sounds good but not real, you won't be excited. But if you know that you know that you know that you can build your house on this word right here, it ought to stir you up on the inside to say, oh, yes, Lord, what praise will do in my life. If it'll work for Paul and Silas, it'll work for me. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you today, it will work for you. Praise will always put the devil on the run. Amen. Woo, let me slow down for a minute. Amen. But I want us to think about it. Now, there's some very important things that we cannot overlook in this story. We know the miracle. and the, Well, we know part of it. We know the miracle is that the door swung open and everybody's chains were loosed. And then, notice this. It says, this is so important. It says, and the prisoners heard them. Now, a lot of people don't like that part. They kind of wish it wasn't in there, but it is. So we're going to have to deal with it. And the prisoners heard them. What does that mean? It means they didn't go, keep it on the down low. We don't want to offend anybody. Make sure you don't talk too loud. <laughs> Make sure when you sing, you know, let's just sing under our breath. They didn't do that. They began to sing and worship the Lord. And the prisoners all around them begin to hear. You say, what's important about that? It's the fact that the prisoners saw when Paul and Silas were brought into that prison. The prisoners saw them cast into prison. They saw the blood seeping out of their backs and their arms and their sides and where else they may have been beaten in their legs. They saw it. They saw them being treated in a horrific, inhumane type of a way. They saw them then being thrust into the inner prison. And here all these prisoners are. I don't know why they're all in prison. I have no idea. All I know is they probably might have deserved to be there. And they're looking around and they're going, these guys don't deserve even to be here. Wonder what in the world? Why are they here? And then at midnight they heard a ruckus in the cell next door. Amen. And I could see them looking at one another and going, hey, isn't that those guys that was preaching about Jesus Christ? 
Isn't that those guys that they brought in here that was all a wreck and a mess? Aren't they servants of the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't they, aren't they followers of Jesus? I'm telling you, all of a sudden they looked around and they said, yeah, that, that's who that is. And immediately notice the words here. Woo! Amen. Don't think the Bible is just slapped together. It is powerful. Amen. And notice the words here. And it says, and suddenly, in verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Notice there's two powerful words here. And the words are suddenly and immediately. When the praise begins to go up to heaven, the prisoners heard Paul and Silas singing. And immediately, suddenly something happened. And they looked around and they said, we know this ain't normal. Amen. We know something supernatural is going on right here. We recognize that there's somebody here. Hallelujah. There's somebody here that maybe we've never met before. The doors were flinging open wide. Amen. And their chains started rattling and coming off of their heads and their feet. And they said, we don't know who these guys are, but we want to know their Lord. Amen. Now I know the scripture doesn't say that, but without a shadow of a doubt, Something begins to take place just like that. And you say, how do you know? Let's keep on looking because it gets better. Is that possible? It is. Amen. And so notice what happened. Immediately all the doors were opened. It's important that you understand they weren't just unlocked. But it said all the doors flung open. Flung is my word. But they opened. Amen. And everyone's bands were loosed. Then look. Verse 27, and the keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Now I'm telling you, <laughs> I've read this so many times before I caught that. I thought, what in the world? There might have been murderers in there. There might have been robbers in there. I don't know who all was in there. But there were no doubt all types of criminals in those prison cells. Now, their bands are gone. Their shackles are gone. Their doors are open. They have every opportunity to leave. But they said, we ain't leaving. Amen. We're not going anywhere. That's exactly what happens. Paul said, hey, don't worry. Don't kill yourself. Don't hurt yourself. We're all still here. I asked myself the question. I said, what in the world are they all still doing in those prison cells? Well, it just takes me to one of my favorite scriptures. And the Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You say, how do you know the presence of the Lord was there besides the fact of the obvious miracle? It's because the word of the Lord teaches us us that God inhabits the praises of his people and inhabits means he sits down on those praises he lives in those praises and that's what happened when Paul and Silas began to praise the presence of the Lord began to move into that cell into that jail and then when his presence come in that's where that next scripture comes in in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore these men in these cells said I'll tell you what I've never felt what I'm feeling right now and you can't pay me to leave this prison cell I've never felt I've never had anything to make me feel like this I've never done anything I've never had any experience that is giving me what I'm experiencing in my heart right now and and we used to say it in our church, joy, unspeakable joy, joy that the world can never take away. Hallelujah. It is exactly what this world needs today is that unspeakable joy, the peace of God, the love of the Lord to come in and just to infiltrate their lives and to circle them and overshadow them. Amen. 
That's what the world needs today is that joy we're talking about. And so you say, what does that mean for us? Well, I'll be honest with you. What it means for me, let me just put a little something right here. I know y'all thought I looked like a girly girl. I tried to. But I'm going to tell you, I sweat like a man, and I apologize. <laughs> I'm like, whoo, I'm feeling it. Hallelujah. You say, but what does that mean for us today? I'll tell you what it means. People are always saying, Pastor, you'll, I, I think you'll agree with me on this. How do we keep people in our church? How do we keep people? People will come and visit, but they don't stay. They go back. They leave. They go somewhere else. And, you know, you'll always have those people. But I'm telling you, when you are able to present the love of God, the power of God, the presence of the Lord, when people truly get in the presence of the Lord, you don't have to beg them to come back. I'm not against taking people cookies, but you don't have to take a dozen of chocolate chip cookies to their house to get them to visit again. Amen. When they have experienced the presence of the Lord, I can tell you they'll want to come back. They'll want to be a part of that life-changing experience again. They'll say, hey, I don't know what's going on at that church, but I've got to have a little bit more. Amen. I don't know what happened in my heart, but something and stirring and are they having Sunday night service I'll be back amen that is what today will change people's lives they want to experience the supernatural touch of heaven in their lives amen and that's what happened in that jail you may say Beth it's my workplace people are watching you it's in your neighborhood People are watching you. They've seen some things you've been going through. They've heard about it. They know. And they're watching to see what you do. Will you die in that prison cell? Will you become bitter in that prison cell? Will you lose all of your joy in that dark hour, in that hard place? Will you lose your joy? Will no longer, you used to carry around a Bible and talk about the Lord all the time. Now, they can't even get you to tell them where you go to church. And they're saying, hey, what happened there? I'm telling you today, even in your darkest time, if you will continue to lift up the name of the Lord, if you'll continue to declare his goodness and his mercy if you'll continue to let people see God be big in your life then it'll be your neighbor that says I saw what you went through and I saw how you come out on the other side and I know you went through a hard place but to see you still walking in that joy and in that peace I want to know who your God is amen I want to know who your Savior is what an opportunity we have. Whew. Let me keep going tonight. Hallelujah. And it says here, the keeper of the prison, scared to death, about to kill himself. Paul cried with a loud voice, don't do it. We're all still here. This is good. We ain't going nowhere. Amen. And then notice, if you would, this is very powerful. In verse 29, talking about the jailer. It says, then he called for a light. Thank you, Lord. I know he's calling for a natural light. But as we will see in the next verses, not only was he looking for the natural light, he was looking for the spiritual light. Amen. The first thing he does when they said, we're all here, he said, I want the light. Amen. Bring me the light. Amen. I want to tell you today, it may be somebody in your family that's wanting this light that you have. And that's the light of Jesus Christ. When they see what you're dealing with and how you're coming through that, I can assure you they'll have that heart like that jailer like we talked about a moment ago. He said, give me the light. And he sprang in. And he came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, How'd this all happen? He didn't do that. He didn't bring them out and say, Man, I, I've noticed your chains are gone. Did y'all get a key? Somebody bust y'all out of here? What happened? He didn't do that. I love it. And that's what happens in our lives. 
If we will just stop for a moment, I'm telling you, we'll just do what God says to do. God will do the hard part. Amen. And notice what happens. It says the first thing that he says when he brings them out, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Amen. Don't you love that? What must I do to be saved? Tell me, how can I be in this number? Amen. Tell me, how can my life be changed? I love that. Says, and they said to him in verse 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Aren't you glad there's not a period right there? Thou shalt be saved and thy house. I'm telling you, it looks like that this is just about Paul and Silas. I mentioned this Friday night. I want to mention it again because we see it reoccurring over and over and over in the word. It would have been easy for Paul and Silas to say, look, look what God did for us. Look how he got us. Look, look, look how he busted us out of here. You know, they could have done that. But the truth of the matter is, there was a big picture going on right here. And yes, the Lord wanted them to be saved. He wanted them to be rescued. But there was a jailer that needed salvation. And there was a jailer's family that needed salvation. Now if Paul and Silas, this is kind of a tough part of this, if you don't mind me just being forthright. Paul and Silas could have said, well, we know the Lord and we, know, and, and we don't have to do this praise thing. You know, we've come a little further than that and, and it, all that's not necessary anymore. There's nothing that makes me any more frustrated than to hear God's people act like they've risen above. You know, it really is the truth. I can't stand that. We don't need all of that. I've had people say that. Oh, I know that's what they used to do, but we don't need all of that anymore. Oh, really? It worked for every, all these generations before us, and all of a sudden now we've come to the point that it's not needful for us. I'm telling you, we need it more than ever. Hallelujah. We do. We need it more than ever. And so I'm looking at Paul and Silas. They could have said, we're believers, we're Christians, and, and the Lord knows we love them. Let's just mumble a prayer under our breath, and, and let's hope and pray they let us out by, in the morning morning let's see what happens somebody might can dynamite us out of this place I'm so grateful that their minds were not just on themselves amen but their minds were on pleasing the Lord and doing what God had called them to do as men of God and so they began to lift up their voices and as they began to praise unashamedly it not only affected them but it affected every person around them you say whether or not I praise God that'll only affect me but I dare to differ with you today whether or not you praise the Lord it'll affect your children it'll affect your spouse it'll affect the atmosphere in your house it will affect people that you will live around that you work with it'll even affect people right in the church amen that's the truth there's no harder time let me just I'll be honest with you for a minute there's no harder time to praise the Lord than when you got a Stiff somebody. I'm trying to keep my words as nice as I can just in case this is applicable to any of y'all. But if you've got somebody beside you going, and everybody's praising the Lord, and you're like, because you worry that who's going to say something and what are they going to do and what if you bump them accidentally and certainly don't get excited about it. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? You say, well, it just affects me if I don't praise. But I'm going to be honest, it affects a lot more than just you. And I'm kind of making it a little lighthearted because it's a little painful if we look at it in the true natural, in the spirit realm. I can promise you today it will affect people that is all around you for the negative or for the positive. Because I can tell you this, and you've seen it happen before. If you'll, Let's just talk about church for a minute. If you'll get free... In praising the Lord, you watch and see if it doesn't free people up all around you. I, I mean, if you will get free and open it up your mouth and saying glory to God, hallelujah, preach it, pastor. Amen. Amen. If you'll get free in that, and I'm talking about decently and in order. Don't get me wrong. Amen. But if you will begin to 
move in the way that the word of the Lord teaches us to move and to praise. I can promise you today it will cause a freedom to begin to run through this place. Amen. And you will watch when people begin to praise the Lord. Chains will fall off. You will find that bondages will be loosed. That people will be set free. And that the devil cannot hang around people who are praising. Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Let me go just another minute. I want to show you something in the word of the Lord. I mentioned it earlier in Isaiah where it says, Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. I can promise you this. If you say, Beth, I'm kind of down and out. I've been through a hard place. I've kind of been dealing with some depression. What do I do? I can tell you today that that old spirit of heaviness is straight from hell. It is a spirit and it is from the enemy. And he will want you to be bowed over in depression and oppression. And that heaven is keeping you down. You say, how do you know? Because I've been there. Amen. I know. I know what it's like to feel like I don't want to raise the shades in my house. I know what it's like, probably like a lot of you do, that I just can't hardly see myself getting out of the bed. But I remember in one of the darkest times of my life, what a dark time it was. I couldn't really talk to my family. I couldn't, I just, I didn't have anybody really to talk to about it. I was going through such a dark, dark place. I remember laying on my rug in front of a fireplace in my home before I live where I do now and I was single by myself there and I laid down in that floor and I said God I can't take it another day I don't know what's going to happen I got to have a breakthrough you got to help me I mean I felt like I couldn't hardly move I felt like my prayer was bouncing around that room and all of a sudden you'll, you may remember this song possibly y'all sang it here and I don't know if I can do it right now or not but there's a song that talks about to worship you I live to worship you I live I live to worship you I'm telling you that song began to surge through my spirit did I feel like singing it nope not a bit I did not feel like singing it I laid in that floor I couldn't even catch my breath I was laying in that floor and I I take a deep breath and I say to worship you I live it sounded worse than that even to worship you I live I live to worship you and I'm telling you all of a sudden I'm telling you the truth all of a sudden there was a shaking and a breaking in my house and in my heart I will never forget it as long as I live I remember coming up off of that floor I was still on my hands and, and my knees but I finally got up off of my stomach I said it again to worship you I live to worship you I live I live to worship you I got up on my knees amen I put my hands up in the air what started off as something that I felt like I didn't even have the breath to do the power of God began to undergird me and lift me up I, woo, I stood up on my feet and I said Lord song I'm telling you if you want to make it up then just say Lord you are great 
You are marvelous. You are wonderful. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Hallelujah. I mean, you open up your mouth. And it, woo, I feel the Lord. If you'll just get started, I can promise you the spirit of the Lord will come in around you and strengthen you and help you. And you'll come out of that with the devil on the run. Amen. I want to tell you today again, praise will silence the enemy in your life. Praise will bring you to a place where prison doors open. Bondages are gone in Jesus' name. I'm going to deal with this, this altar service right now. I'm going to ask if you don't mind. Any of you altar ministry workers, I want you to be prepared to help me. We're going to, we're going to lay hands on people tonight. I believe the Lord's going to set people free. I want to make it clear. I'm not asking you if you have a title at this church. I'm not interested today if you're a visitor or a guest or you're a longtime member. I don't want to know today how long you've been saved or if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not asking any of those things. I'm asking you today, I believe through the power of the Spirit, if you have been beaten down by the enemy and you feel like your joy is gone, you feel like your hope for tomorrow has faded away if you feel like you no longer have a desire to live and to lift your head up to the Lord if you're in this place and you say Beth I've been over with heaviness my family doesn't know I'm telling you I was in that place my family doesn't know my people around me don't know I preach Sunday after Sunday with I'm, I'm I'm honest, I preach Sunday after Sunday only through the touch of heaven when the Lord would just raise me up to preach and I'd go back out to a car feeling like I couldn't even get back to my hotel room. I want you to know the same God that set me free is the same Lord that is here to deliver you and to set you free, to give you hope again, to show you a future again. It's not over. Hallelujah. Whoever you are, the Lord, the Lord loves you. He had me preach this message for you tonight. Would you stand on your feet? Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! My goodness, I don't even think I got the end of the scripture. But you know what happened. His house got saved. Everybody got baptized. And guess what else happened? I'm telling you, when you get saved and the Lord changes your life, you change so completely. He said, come on in here, Paul and Silas. I'm going to clean you up. I'm going to wash you up. Amen. I'm telling you, you're talking about the love of God. The love of God. What will happen in our lives? We'll just begin to praise Him. I want to ask you right now from the front to the back, would you bow your heads? If you say, Beth, I'm the man, I'm the woman. And the things that I've gone through, it feels like the enemy has stolen my joy, my praise. I've never been through a time like I've gone through that I feel like I can't even lift my hands to heaven. I feel like that my mouth has a lock on it and I can't even hardly open my mouth to praise the Lord. Today, I need to be set free. I need to be set free. Maybe today you're bound up in traditional teaching that says it's not important to praise like that. You don't need to praise like that. But today we go back to the word of the Lord and it teaches us something completely different. I'm not asking you about how you were raised, what your church used to believe. I'm talking about what the word of the Lord says today and what he wants to do in your life. If you say, Beth, I want to be a praiser that is unashamed, that is free, and not just in a church, but in my dark prison cell. No one looking. If you say, Beth, that's me, would you just raise your hand up real high? Real high. Amen. Thank the Lord. I see lots and lots of hands. Just raise them up and you can put them right back down. You say, Beth, I love the Lord. It's not about loving the Lord. But I'm telling you, I've been to a hard place. 
and it feels like it has just sucked my joy out. It sucked my praise out of me. Just stay right where you are. Don't move. I remember when my daddy suddenly went home to be with the Lord. One month after my niece was killed in a car accident, our family was in one of the darkest places we'd ever been in. And my mama is a praiser naturally. She sings all the time. I remember I would go home and the house would be silent, silent, silence. I'd go home, silence. But I remember about three months after daddy went to heaven, I traveled to get home to see mom. I walked in that back door and she was in there washing dishes. And I heard her singing a little tune to the Lord. Amen. I said, oh yeah, she's coming through it. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, I could feel a change in the atmosphere. It felt like the heaviness in that house started breaking and loosing and lifting. Amen. I saw it. I saw it right before my eyes. I'm telling you today, you say, Beth, the tragedies we've been through, the pain we've been through, the Lord will restore and renew you in Jesus' name. Anybody else right now, you'd say, Beth, I fall into that category. I need the Lord to do a fresh work in me. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you on the count of three, lots of hands being raised. And I want to ask you right now, when I count to three, if you'll leave out of your seats, the Lord is here to set you free. I want you to march down to this altar. You can run. You can. I don't care how you get down here, but I want you to come with a heart of expectation, believing. And I'm going to ask you to stand in this altar, if you would. And I'm, I can tell you today by the power of the Holy Ghost that the Lord is here to shake your, shake your bondages free in Jesus' name. Tonight's your night. One, two, three. Let's leave. Come on right now. Let's leave out of our seats. Would you come and stand? That's right. Would you come and stand? Altar workers, if you'll just get ready to help me, we're going to lay hands on them in Jesus' name. And we're going to come against that spirit of heaviness, that spirit of depression, that spirit from hell that's trying to suck our praise from us and trying to lock our mouths up. Woo! Hallelujah! I'm telling you in this place today, I feel the earthquake that is coming to the palace of praise. An earthquake to set you free. You want to bring your children down here. You're welcome to have your children come with you. The Lord is doing a miracle work in this altar. Woo! I believe on your way to this altar, the Lord is doing it. The Lord's doing it. Come on, the Lord's doing it. Would you lift your hands up to heaven in this altar? Altar ministry workers, would you come in and let's begin to lay hands on them in faith? Come on in this altar. Would you raise your hands to heaven? That's right. Raise your hands to heaven.
Oh, 